Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 28th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. No laughing and looking ahead, James. Um, but our long national nightmare is finally over, James. Of course, not only am I talking about the defeat of the Senate's Affordable Care Act repeal overnight, but also we finally have Mean Girls casting. <laughs> All praise the theatrical gods. But before we get into that, I do want to quickly mention um, some news that's really short um, and completely not sponsored, although we will gladly take Broadway HD's money. Um, but there are some pretty cool titles coming to Broadway HD next month. First, a production of Long Day's Journey into Night from Los Angeles that happened earlier this year, which we talked about at the time, starring Alfred Molina and Jane Kaczmarek. That is already streaming now. Also joining Broadway HD is one that is kind of a surprise to me, is Roundabout's 2010 production of The Man Who Came to Dinner, starring Nathan Lane, Gene Smart, and Harriet Harris. That will begin streaming on August 10th, so that was a fun surprise. And then the recent revival of Falsettos uh, will be streaming on Broadway HD beginning August 14th. And a little extra Falsettos bit, again, Stephanie J. Block will be my guest on Tell Me More tomorrow, and we talk about this wonderful production and its life after the closing of the show so that's a good tie-in for broadway hd as well wow that's uh that's some good stuff coming from broadway hd it's very exciting you know crank, right. crank up the ac and watch some broadway hd that's uh the... that's their new catchphrase right there yeah <laughs> all right first up in the news mean girls cast finally gets announced yeah, James, as I mentioned before, the two big bits of casting news that I've been waiting for all summer was the Mean Girls cast and the My Fair Lady cast. And as you just said, yesterday we got the former when Lauren Michaels and Stuart Thompson announced that when the show has its world premiere at Washington, D.C.'s National Theater from Halloween night through December 3rd, the cast will be led by Erica Henningsen as Katie, Taylor Louderman as Regina George, Ashley Park as Gretchen Wieners, Kate Rockwell as Karen Smith, Barrett Wilbert Weed as Janice, Gray Hansen as Damien, Carrie Butler as Miss Norberry, Kyle Selig as Aaron Samuels, Cheech Manahar as Kevin, and Rick Younger as Mr. Duvall. James, I don't believe that I've ever seen this movie all the way through, but for some reason, this casting announcement was something I was really looking looking forward to nonetheless. There are a lot of interesting connections in this show. Uh, Henningsen, Louderman, and Ashley Park all went to that school up north together. Uh, Henningsen was a year behind the other two, and Louderman and Rockwell started in Bring It On the Musical together, so a lot of familiarity within this cast. In readings, James, it's been reported that one actress had played all of the female adult characters, a la the female authority figures and Hairspray. So with Carrie Butler being cast as Miss Norberry and nobody else announced for, um, you know, Katie's mom or all the, uh, you know, other the adults, I think it would be really, really somewhat poetic if Carrie Butler, who played Penny originally in Hairspray, gets to pull her onstage mom, Jackie Hoffman, in Mean Girls. So it'll be fun to see how that develops in D.C. Another thing that I found Surprising and a little, I think, a little disappointing um, is that Ashley Park will be taking the Lacey Chabert role from the movie of 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 Gretchen Wieners, which is awesome for her. But that means that she's probably not going to be Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, which was one of the things that I was pulling for. Um, 
it's kind of turning into crazy season over in that neck of the internet gossip world in terms of who's going to play Eliza and Higgins. But we'll let that one go since we do actually have some mean girls to talk about today. Um, James, I guess at least for now, we know the mean girls cast for DC and assuming things don't go terribly wrong on our nation's capital capital for the show. When it comes to Broadway, this will most likely be the cast, right? Yeah, well, you would think unless uh, unless something crazy happens, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing crazy ever happens in Washington, D.C., James. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Especially not, not on the record. Yeah. <laughs> record? You still play records? Let's move it on from there. All right. Good comic recasting causes uh, racial concerns. Yeah, James. Yesterday, the New York Times' Michael Paulson took a look at a certain portion of the response to the great comet recasting that we talked about on Thursday's show. In the article, he briefly went through the timeline and pointed out that Okarite and Nadawan was originally only scheduled to do a short two-ish month period of time in the show anyway, and that in his first few weeks uh, in the role that the grosses had, unsurprisingly, gone down since Josh Groban had left – and that they would likely go up to some extent when Mandy Patinkin takes over. However, Paulson also delved into the online response from black performers whose opinions ranged from disappointment to anger. He quotes our friends over at Broadway Black who said, quote, this raises questions about how black actors are valued and supported within Broadway. He also quotes, quotes tweets from Cynthia Erivo, Adrian Warren, Ariana DeVos, and Crystal and Lloyd. James, the opinions of them and others quoted in the article and prominently shared online range from thinking that the great comet producers were actually motivated by race in this casting decision and wouldn't have done this to a white actor equal of Oak's stature to others saying that while this situation might not be an example of an actor being fired effectively for being black, it is another example in a long line of them of institutional racism in the theatrical world. Uh, I think James, you and I both said yesterday and we're both on the same page here that it's hard to imagine that a show that has cast two African-American actors as Russian aristocrats in the 19th century would be looking at this through a racial prism in terms of firing. However, I think it's a very cogent point that institutional racism does exist in all areas of life. And even though we try to think of Broadway as being as inclusive as any other art form in the world, it is still prevalent in this community as well. So I think that's the aspect. It, it's hard for me to imagine that a show that as diverse as great comet, that there's active racism thwarting out, uh, ethnic or uh, ethnically and racially diverse casting in the show. But I do think it's important to talk about, um, that institutional side of it, that maybe this wouldn't have happened to, uh, to somebody else for his part, the show's creator and sometimes star Dave Malloy tweeted in a way that only he can quote, Love at Oak Smash, love comets, love fans. Oh, vultures of capitalism, gross and inevitable. Oh, muddles of internet, toxic and beautiful. Back to whale, meaning his musical version of Moby Dick that he's currently working on. I don't know if you want to break down that poetry. I don't know how well it scans, um, but it was interesting to hear from Dave Malloy and see that he's kind of uncomfortable with this as much as the rest of us are. I mean, there's a lot of layers of uncomfortableness here, James. I'm not sure what makes me the most uncomfortable, but just the whole thing gives me an icky feeling beside the fact that I'm excited for Mandy. You know, that's, what's weird about it is it's like, it's hard to get 
super upset at Mandy because he really wasn't involved with that. But everything else seems. Ugh. The producers handled this really poorly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the understatement. That, I, yeah, I, I think we can all agree on that one. The way that they handled this just opened this up for so many different questions about what has happened here. I think it's really hard to um, uh, hard to point uh, racism at this uh, without more information. And yeah. uh, you know, it, it, I don't know what to say about this because there's so many people upset about this. Uh, but with good reason, with good reason. Yeah, but for you know, uh, uh, for Great Comet, who uh, it, it's a very untraditional show, and they've done uh, they've done extreme casting all over the place here. Uh, I just don't, I just don't know if uh, if that that's it. But I hope that the producers and the uh, the press reps for this show come out and make a statement that addresses these things. Yeah. As far as I can tell, they haven't, have they? No, not that I, not that I'm aware of. And you know, James, I, I think it would have gone a super long way if, when they made this announcement, they locked up Oak for another run in the show. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of us had have assumed since Oak was originally announced that because his run was so short that they were looking to bring in another star in the Groban stratosphere for the fall into the holidays. So I, I don't know if that's still going to happen. Nothing has been announced officially yet. Um, but if not, I mean, I, I wish they would have just said, look, uh, Anato, Mr. Anatawan has graciously dis, um, agreed to step aside. So Manny Patankin can do this role when there was a, a gap in his filming schedule for Homeland. Mr. Nadawan will be back on such and such dates to come back into the role that he is prepared for and, and, and trained for and is doing a great job performing. If they would have done that, I think a lot of this wouldn't have been as big of a deal because I think people would have understood that this is literally one of the biggest legends in Broadway history coming to do the show for three weeks and Okarite and Nadawan will be back in it. So a little harm, but not eventually a foul. All right. We're going to have to see what they have to say um, about this. And, you know, we'll continue to report on it if it if it happens. Um, next up in the show and casting news, Sherry Renee Scott and Mary Testa join Jason Alexander in The Portuguese Kid. Yeah, James, this is turning into what might be one of the great off-Broadway tickets of this season. Yesterday, Lynn Meadow and Barry Grove announced at the Manhattan Theater Club's world premiere of John Pat Patrick Shanley's new play, The Portuguese Kid, will contain some fantastic talent that will be joining the previously announced Tony Award winner, Jason Alexander. The new stars will include Pika Alexander, Sherry Renee Scott, and Mary Testa. Additional casting will be announced at a later date. The Portuguese Kid will begin previews on September 19th, ahead of an October 24th opening at MTC at New York City Center. James, this one is super exciting. I can't wait to hear all about this one. Also reported last night from the great and amenable Baz Bomba Boy from the Daily Mail, apparently Sophie Okonedo and Ray Fiennes will be doing a production of Antony and Cleopatra at the National Theater this upcoming season. No dates have officially been announced uh, for the production, but it is scheduled to be a part of this coming season. Simon Godwin 
is set to direct. Also yesterday, we learned that Golden Globe nominee Nikki Blonsky will be joining comedian Lisa Lampanelli's off-Broadway play Stuffed. The show will begin previews on October 5th with an official opening on October 19th at the West Side Theater. And then also, James, yesterday we learned that I guess if if Mandy Patinkin can do a three-week run, Brandy can do a two-week run on Broadway as Brandy Norwood will be back for just 17 performances as Roxy Hart at the Ambassador Theater in Chicago, the play Chicago, not like the city of Chicago. Yes. She will be there from August 17th through August 31st. She has been in the show once before in New York and has done it um, in Los Angeles as well. So it is a bit of a homecoming for Miss Norwood. And then finally, James, this one was kind of interesting in the show and casting news. Uh, as previously mentioned, Baz Bomba Boy talked about Sophie Okonedo, um and Anthony and Cleopatra. But apparently Kelsey Grammer is going to be leading the London premiere of the Andrew Lippa musical Big Fish. He will be playing Ed, uh, that's what I said. He will be playing um, Edward uh, Edward Bloom. The show will run at the Other Palace from November 1st through December 31st. James, I I don't know this show super well, but didn't Norbert Leo Butts play that role originally? Um is that the son? Is that the son or is that the father? I'm pulling it up because this is this. We're taping super early. This came out overnight, so I, this was just in my but email I'm box. I'm shocked because Big Fish was a big loser here on Broadway. And uh, I, it, I, it was no, and it was that is the role that Norbert Leo Butts played. So uh, it's interesting casting. I also know that um, Mr. Grammer will be playing. Um, Panagloss in a production of Candida from the LA Opera at early 2018. So it looks like he'll be doing Big Fish and then flying back over to LA to to play Panagloss. So he's keeping keeping busy with those uh, musical theater projects. Did Neverland ever play London? Because yeah. I was saying... oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's currently still there. Actually, is it? Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I could see Kelsey Grammer going to do Neverland there, and think, I'm really surprised that Big Fish I, – I wonder if they're going to reconceive it or work, or change it or <clears throat> yeah, do, I mean, do anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just a new production. It's not necessarily the you know yeah. some sort of extension of the Broadway production. It's a show that's getting done regionally all over the place. I know at Broadway World, we're always running stories about it being done at various regional theaters across the country. So I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't had some sort of London premiere yet, considering you know the show is a number of years old and generally things get done in London, uh, you know, eventually from the U.S., but. Kelsey Grammer taking over the Norbert Leo Buds role was a little surprising. Hey, school started early this year. There's a new class. Well, there's a new Tony Awards announces the new nominator class. <laughs> yes, James, yesterday. Do they the have Tony to go Award... to school over the summer and uh, get well, ready to become a nominator? Well, based off the uh, conversation we had in our Tony Omnibus episode, it is a very work and homework intensive uh, assignment, so I wouldn't be surprised. But yesterday, the Tony Awards Administration Committee announced the nominating committee for the 2017-2018 Broadway season. The committee will include 50 members for the season. Each member, as we've discussed before, um, serves a three-year overlapping term, so it kind of cycles through with new administrators every year. The new additions for this season include uh, the Mountaintop playwright, Katori Hall, 
Hall, Tony-nominated actress Celia Keenan-Bolger, one of my faves, writer and actor Tim Fetterly, director and actor Don Scardino, director and choreographer Randy Skinner, um, along with a bunch of other folks, costume designer Susie Benzinger, lighting designer Don Chang. Um, we'll have the full list of all the nominators, including the new ones, in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Congratulations to all of them. You're going to be seeing a ton of Broadway shows. Make sure to take notes. You're going to need it. Drink, drink Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's up in the recommendations sen- uh, section? Oh, James, this was so good yesterday. Um, as we've occasionally been talking out for the last month or so about these Ham for All Challenge videos, yesterday the cast of Waitress, uh, led by Betsy Wolf and, and Drew Galing, uh, put out... <laughs> Just a really silly video on the set uh, of Waitress. And um, instead of being willing to wait for it, the cast of Waitress was willing to bake for it. It was really, really funny. And just seeing um, Betsy Wolf, you know, this um, very sweet uh, individual, try to be super um, uh, hard was was funny. It was very good. The whole cast was fantastic. Some great original lyrics. We'll put that in the show notes. It's uh, it's really fun and a really good way to start your Friday. Bake for it, bake for it, bake for it. That's exactly it, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. You can subscribe to something that pop on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and check out Tell Me More tomorrow in this feed. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up your week with us. As Matt mentioned, uh, Tell Me More is tomorrow, and Sunday is This Week on Broadway. And Matt and I will be back on Monday to start off the week. <laughs>